about my money, yeah, I don't play I got that Benjamin button, I'm looking better every day, boy huh. Girl, what's in your DNA, huh? I'm a boss and a savage huh. Girl, what's in your DNA, huh? You know I'm far beyond Hello, hello, hello. What's up? What's good? How you doing? Hello. To the Bossy Podcast. I'm bossy. Bossy. <laughs> um, I'm super excited to be with my sister here today. And you guys, thank you so much for <laughs> um, being here with us. And um, okay, can we start over? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> We're going right into it. You don't get to start over. (laughs) So I am excited about today's topic because I, day in and day out, my job is to coach people to be the best version of themselves, to tap into the potential that they didn't even know they had, and to reach levels that they've always wanted to reach, but haven't been able to. And I see a very constant theme in a lot of the people that I coach. And so today's topic are four things holding you back from reaching whatever it is you're trying to reach your bossy life, whatever that looks like to you. The first step is defining it for yourself, but Chandler and I are going to go in, we're going to coach you up on things that we've learned along the way on being bossy and making sure that these four things are not things that hold you back any longer. No more. Forever. Um, <laughs> that movie. Anywho, I also think too, like if you're a leader if- listening to this and, um, Sam Yeah, the sandlot. Okay. If you're a leader listening to this and you're leading teams and you're trying to help people see that light as well, these are four things that you can pay attention to as you're coaching people and the four things that they're going through and areas that you can help them and potentially allow them to see, because sometimes people don't see that these are the things holding them back. So as a leader, it is not our responsibility, but it elevates our leadership when we can show the light to people and kind of help them navigate through what's holding them back. Well, that's why we're here able to coach people through this because we've learned it for ourselves as well. So anyways, Chandler, go ahead and kick it off with the number one. And when I speak, I'm going to need you to hype me up the same way I'm hyping you up over here. I knew you were going to say that, dude. Um, but I got you for sure. All right. So I are, isn't it like, Ooh, yeah, I'm killing it. Yeah. I was like, am I killing it though? Or like, (laughs) yeah, I think you really did. I really liked that point. I I wasn't just doing it for whatever, you know, entertainment. Anywho, I don't know why I keep saying anywho, but whatever. Hold on. Can we just pause for one second? (laughs) Anywho, bro. Bro. It's a segue. It's a transitional word. All right. We're, we'll work on so, that. So let's move on. <laughs> is that better? <laughs> um, anyways, I feel like anywho is like what mom would say. I love mom. Shout out to mom. Love anyway. you, mom. All right. Number one, number one thing. This is not going in any particular order, but one of the things that we see consistently in people holding them back from being the best versions of themselves in this one life that you're given is trying to control everything. Don't, don't, don't. And so what does this look like? Um, 
this is a specific type of person who really thrives in having control. And this person that is trying to control everything doesn't necessarily enjoy asking for help. And if they do, they maybe lack the trust in, in, in the help they're given. And so they're trying to control everything. They're trying to take on all the tasks and they're trying to make sure everything is perfect. When in reality, what's going to happen is paralysis. And you're going to, you're going to come to a major halt through exhaustion because you simply have to understand we all do that we can't control everything. And so it's about surrendering and it's about allowing some things to just be out of your control. And so for your business specifically, Tansy, I feel like you've grown a lot in the last few years. And I think for a person, like, especially entrepreneurial person in that mindset, you start off controlling everything. You start off creating the names, you start off creating the people, you start off doing everything. So how did you over time start to relinquish control? Mm. Well, I think this, and I think I actually didn't control as much as you would think, but I think the answer to that is to control what you can control. Mm. That is what I remind myself. That is what I think the greats do well is if you're trying to control everything and you're getting frustrated with the things you cannot control, that means to me that you're focused on things that are not in your hands, things that are outcome based that, you know, that, I mean, to put it simply that you can't control. So the focus is on what can I control? I can control the way I show up. Mm -hmm. I can control the way I respond. Yeah. I can't, I I can't always control the way I feel. Right. I don't think, uh, I don't feel like I can control the way I feel, but I can control how I let those emotions affect me. Yeah. I can control the actions I take. And basically you, I can control the way I respond to what, what is happening around me. And I have to constantly come back to that. Yeah. Um, so, so I think like, and I like, do think you just really quick to add on to that. Cause you said relinquish control as you grow is you have to have a really good foundation in place for things that matter to you and things that you're building and things that you're instilling in your life. Like even as a mom, I think, wow, I can't even imagine the relinquishing control for that. Mm -hmm. Leaving, leaving my dog for a couple hours or taking her to daycare. I'm like, I hope she's going to be okay. You know, I hope. Yeah. I, I trust that I've raised her well enough to act and make good decisions. Yeah. So <laughs> you have, you can't, you're going to drive yourself crazy if you're focused on all the things that are going to happen that you, you truly worrying about it, isn't going to change it. Yeah. And I think I've heard you say focus so many times throughout that entire spiel. And so basically relinquishing control equals changing perspective. So instead of taking your dog to daycare and being like, oh my gosh, she's going to get parvo from all the other dogs. She, I hope her flu vaccine works, all those things, instead of feeling that as your perspective, look at it from a place of my dog needs socialism or my dog's going to be a weirdo. 
And so you, you change your perspective. You're actually relinquishing control. You're, you're allowing space in your mind to do other things. And so having said that, when you stop trying to control everything, you have space to work on other things to get to that potential. If you continue to try to control everything, if you continue to be upset when every single thing doesn't go the way that you wanted it to go, you will never get to that dream human that you want to be. I love it. Well, let's move on to number two. All right. Yeah. Cause we can talk about that forever. So number two, what I see and what I've been tempted to do myself and I've had to bring it back is trying to do too much. I really think that is something that I watch over and over again, hold people back, not only in their fitness and health journeys, but in business so much in business. Um, because we, we want to dream, we have these big dreams and we want to do all the things you want to start a podcast. You want it. You want to plan a conference. You want to have a membership portal where people are paying you monthly. You want to teach leaders to be instructors that you want to do all these things, but you want to have a studio. Like, again, I'm just giving examples of what I hear people say they want and what obviously is a part of my journey as well. But all of those things that I'm doing now, which I feel like I have all these streams of income, all these different areas that are coming in. Like I started with one, I honed in and I said, I am going to have a 30 day challenge where I give this everything that I freaking have. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to da da da. I'm going to give these people everything. So I ran a 30 day challenge. What did I do next? I ran another 30 day challenge, got better at it. What did I do next? Ran another 30 day challenge, got better at it. Mm -hmm. Did it honed in on my craft over and over and over again. Did not stray into anything else. Mm -hmm. I was focused on that one thing. I really like the, the, mm -mm. so yeah, that that helps a lot for sure. Um, (laughs) I'm serious. Um, so honed in on my craft there. And after a year of thoroughly developing that, I had people asking me for an instructor training program, pushing me for that because they had gone through all these 30 day challenges and they're like, wow, I'm seeing all these results. Wow. All these, my life has changed. Wow. I feel like I can be a leader. And organically it leads in to the next thing that is going to add to your business or add to your life. Um, I think I see so many people being like, or I'll get on a, a call with someone who's trying to grow their business. And they're like, well, I want to have a studio and I want to coach people over here. And I want to build my online platform. And I'm like, we got to do one thing at a time. I've seen people try to uh, imitate what turnup is right now, trying to do all the different things that we're doing and they can't do it all. They end up dropping some of the things and not being able to consistently show up for it because they didn't start with the foundation. So everything builds on its, on the next thing. And it kind of goes back to relinquishing control because you truly have to focus on what's in front of you and get good at it and allow life, take the opportunities that are in front of you and allow life to take you to what is next Mm -hmm. based off of 
exploring that opportunity to its fullest. Like you can't control what comes next and when it comes, you got to feel that you got to be all in and go from there. What do you think, Chan? Trying to do too much. I'm sure you have uh, thoughts on that with what you're building. Well, I, I have thoughts on that for the way the world works now, because it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that we are blasting the message that you can be anything you want to be. But I do think it gets confusing and we get lost in the mix of if I'm not good at this after one try, I should move on to the next Mm. or someone has in their mind. I can be good at all 10 of these things. I need to try them all next week. And the problem is, is there's no such thing as being a jack of all trades in business. You have to have your mind focused on one thing and become an expert in that area before you can even think about moving on. And so like Edison, for example, <laughs> created Ooh. a light. What, bro? Okay, I, I'm sorry. I just didn't know how that name got. Th- I, I was confused. I was like, so Edison created the light bulb for those of you who are uneducated. Thomas, Thomas Edison? Yes. Like, you know him, but you have a nickname for him, Edison? Edison. That's what they call him, bro. Wait, Eddie? Yeah, Eddie, my, my <laughs> dude. Anywho, he thought that the light bulb was going to be crafted and created in three months. That was what he originally thought. Can you imagine if he would have been like, all right, I thought this was going to be three months. I'll stop. We would have never have light first of all, but second of all, it took him 14 months of trying the same thing over and over and over again. And he is down in history, bro. Like he's a big deal. And so if you want that, I guess it's, it's more importantly to start this call off with who do you want to be? Do you want to be incredible? Because if so, you can't give up and you can't try and take on all these tasks. You have to stay mainstreamed and focused at AF on one thing to get extremely good at it. And so taking on a ton of option or a ton of opportunity or a ton of different things, just because you might feel interested in it, that's going to stop you from getting to where you want to be. Definitely. And I think it's, it's impossible as humans to give your all into multiple things. Yeah. You, you end up dabbling and you end up not doing, you end up feeling like you're pulled in so many directions that you're not doing great at any of them. And I say that because I've been there. Yeah. And so, and I think like it goes for fitness journey too. Like if you're just starting and you're trying to drink a gallon of water a day, doing, do hour long workouts, uh, meal prep every single day, like you are going to lose yourself in all of that. It's Mm -hmm. honing in on what's, what's the one, what's the one thing that you know could be the trigger to everything else kind of getting in line or in regards to business, what's the problem that you can solve right now? Right. What problem can you help people with right now? And what's the best way you can do it? Not necessarily what's your passion. Your passion will like, yes, you're excited about that. You're passionate about that, but what problem can you solve right now in something that you're good at and attack that and allow everything else to fall in line with that. I also think last thing about this is people will, your ego will get in the way because people will start to like what you're doing and they'll want more and they'll want more and they'll want more. They're, they're going to tell you they want an app. They're going to tell you they want apparel. They're going to tell you they want 
um, I don't know. They're going to tell you they want a book. They're going to tell you they want their own water jug with your name on it, whatever it is. And as your ego is like, I not even, I mean, ego. Yeah. You love to hear that. So I guess that is it, but it's also, you want to give to your people. Like you want to satisfy them, but knowing business and knowing that you'll get there eventually, like you have to take it one step at a time and give them the best of what the basic is first. Yes. Um, so yeah, number three, Chan. Number three is consistency, which you are the master. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> I just feel like, no, I don't feel like I know for a fact Ooh. that yeah, consistency oh, trumps all characteristics in business. Um, you can be the coolest, most business savvy person in the entire world. You can know everything about your area of influence or your area of impact. But if you lack consistency, good luck. You won't be where you want to be. So if you, for example, if we as business people show up, stop yelling at me. I'm not yelling at you. I'm getting passionate and don't tell me what to do. Um, If we as business people show up only when it's convenient for us. So let's say tomorrow I wake up, I've got really good energy. I had such a good sleep. I'm chugging my water. I'm feeling good. I'm for sure showing up in my business that day. Showing up, of course, is going to look different for every business, whether that is communicating with your customers, showing up on social media, whatever showing up is for you. I feel good tomorrow. I'm going to do that. The next day, I'm really tired from showing up so much the day before I didn't get good sleep. My mind went crazy. I burnt myself out a little bit. So I'm going to take the day off, which is then going to trigger me to take the next day off because, you know, I, I need to do laundry. I got to cook. That is not consistency. Consistency is living your life, of course, but showing up regardless, showing up even when you have the sniffles and doing what it takes to make sure that you're still running your business. Why are you? <laughs> well, I almost said something else, but I changed it to the sniffles. <laughs> the sniffles, okay. Um, <laughs> nobody wants to show up when they have the sniffles. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness, okay. Um, bro, I just totally lost my train of thought. So why don't you go ahead and... <laughs> down consistency <laughs> oh, am I dying so much um I think you are so good at this um because this is what I've learned from you and from my own journey is and from watching other people again like bring it back I think the world society as a whole is like waiting for that that breakthrough moment, like, or they'll ask me, so what was, what was the moment when you knew blah, blah, blah was going to happen? Or what, what was the time? How, how did you make this happen? And it's like, geez, it is ease. Geez, those sniffles just got me. I kept going. I kept going through the sniffles. That's the answer. Um, it's, it's not waiting for the breakthrough, but it's the littlest of things over time that you could do or could not do. And your life would be fine. 
like literally you could, you're, you're going to, those are the things that I truly think have impacted everything. It's, it's the thing you could do and be fine and could not do and be fine. Those are the things that you, that people are sleeping on. Yeah. And that is why, that is why I think Chandler, when I hear you speak on it so passionately, and when I hear you talk to people about it, like, this is why you have no compassion for people who say they want something and, and aren't taking action to get there because all these little things that you do day in and day out that matter and, and that matter, but also could be just fine without like anyone in the entire world could do them. Yeah. And that's how you started this, this conversation. Yeah. Consistency. Anybody could do it. There's nothing in your past, in your future, in your way that could stop you from doing these little things. You don't have to have a certain skill. You don't have to have a certain background. You don't have to have a certain education. It is a a discipline. It's a focus. It's an intention. It's a pride thing. It's it's crazy because people like, we have the sniffles, you know, the sniffles, bro, but people just aren't willing to remain consistent. And I will tell you, I, I think there could be an entire separate podcast or conversation on consistency because it stems from, you're not being consistent for your business. You're not being consistent so that you get more traction in whatever you're doing you're showing up and being consistent for yourself. So Mm -hmm. it stems from a deeper meaning of self-worth and self-love. And you have to learn that the hard way sometimes. And we all do. And, and you've never arrived at consistency, which is another thing you might arrive at a certain rank or a specific amount of income and you feel successful. You have never arrived or fully completed consistency. It is an ongoing battle until you're in the ground dead. Like that is, that is bro. Why I'm serious. Like you, you have to understand that. And so in order to strengthen the muscle of consistency, in order to do it every single day, you got to fall in love with yourself and the fact of being consistent. And again, it takes it back to our first point of control. And I and I think you just nailed it. It's not doing the things for the result. It's doing it for the person you're becoming in the process. And mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I need you to take, I need you to write that down, dude. Write it down, like that is, that is the key. I even, you know, I get on these calls talking about business and people are like, well, I don't know if people want to see this on my story or see this where I'm at or see this, this and this. And it's, you got to stop doing it for what people want. And you got to say, I'm going to get on my story and talk today so that I can practice the skill of being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and showing my face and talking to a screen because I want to lead and speak and get to the next level of who I am. It's, it's what you can control, which is who you are becoming and the results will come and you can't control them. You can control your consistency. Number four. Totally. We, we go for number four. Number four. Last one. So number four, I think you dabbled into this idea when you talked about Thomas Edison is listening to what everyone else says is something that is holding you back. And we could go on and on about this. We could have a completely other podcast about this, but what I mean by that 
is here's what I think sets what we do apart or what maybe how we were raised or something or what I instill in my, my philosophy of coaching is that I'm not, and it's probably, you know what it is? It's from being teachers. I am not here to tell you what to think. I'm here to teach you how to think for yourself. Mm -hmm. And some people don't like that. Some people just want the answers. And I refuse, I'm, I'm here to empower you to think for yourself. And that does, that's not to say though, that seeking knowledge is not the Holy grail. Like seeking knowledge is what you got to do day in and day out, but knowledge is not power until you apply it. And I also think it's not power until you apply it and see how it works for you and then take it and tweak it and fix it again and see how it works for you again. And until you do that, it's always someone else's knowledge about their life, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's from like, uh, Tim Grover. He's like the man. Yeah. But he, he talks about how last thing here and I'll let you, I'll have you go Chan, but he coached Michael Jordan. He was his coach and so cool because he was an, he was Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And he had never been hired before, before Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan, everyone wanted to be like Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan didn't want to be like anybody else. (laughs) So he hired the person that, that no one else had hired and together they trialed and errored and figured out what worked for him. They studied everything. And in that time, and now things are a little bit different, but in that time, uh, Tim Grover said, I hope I'm saying his name right. Right. I don't know why I'm like questioning myself. I love him so much, but I feel like, cause we're saying a bunch of words that it's feeling like I'm saying it wrong, Sounds but right. he, you know, it's all matters. <laughs> He, in that time, one of the things that athletes were doing was carbs, 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 like get all the energy, carbs, carbs, carbs. And so MJ started to do that and he felt bloated and he was tired by the time it was game time. So they trialed and error, trialed and errored. And part of MJ's pregame meal was to add steak to his meal. And the experts would not have freaking told you to do that. I don't know if they would even tell you to do that today. Like add, have steak as your pregame meal. I don't know, but (laughs) sounds so good. he trialed it and figured it out that that protein allowed the carbs to break down more slowly so that he retained that energy for game time. Another thing he did that no one else was doing was training on game day. He would train the day of game day and anyone in the whole world would have told you not to do that. You're going to be tired. You're going to be fatigued but he went against the grain and he's Michael Jordan. So obviously he was doing something right, but he took knowledge, he took experience and he applied it for himself. And he, Tim Grover coached him on how to think for himself, not, not what you should be doing. Yeah. And I think we can get so caught up in that, uh, especially in our world today with everything just being thrown at you all the time. Go ahead, Chan. What are your thoughts on all that? I do feel like there's like bars around 
like actual stainless steel bars, like around the things that you should be doing for each box that you could enter. And there's so many guidelines and so many boundaries and, and so many things that could impact and infiltrate your brain and your process of making decisions. And the whole foundation of bringing this topic to light is not the fact that, you know, the, the topic is number four, do, don't listen to what others are saying, but the topic isn't don't hear them or they're not going to, they're not going to be there because no matter what you're doing, you're not alone. in the fact that somebody's telling you to go the opposite direction, everybody has that. Everybody hears that. So if you think that it's hard for you because you have family members that aren't supportive or you have a spouse that isn't supportive, join the freaking club. Because I will tell you getting to be beyond average, getting to be not superior, but to the best version of who you are is, is going to be a little bit of a lonely path for at times. And you're going to have people that tell you to go the opposite way of where you believe is the right way to go. And so you hear them, you respect that they have an opinion. There's no need to get up in arms and expand your energy on someone who disagrees with you, but politely move forward and do your thing. And trial and error, like Michael Jordan has done and stick to the process that, you know, and that you believe is going to work for you, but be open to the fact that people are going to disagree. And part of that comes with resilience. And that's literally the title of Tim Grover's book is how do you become resilient? I don't know. Is that the title starts with an R or something like that? Whatever. It's relentless. Relentless. (laughs) (laughs) whatever it was almost a really good a really good connection but relentless resilience all in the same family and so just understanding that it's not even haters like it's not even the fact that it's haters because sometimes they mask themselves as being supportive but they want to offer advice or they want to tell you this is the way it should be done you should change you know it's not all the time it's not all the time haters they're probably really caring but if you will, if you listen to everyone's opinions and you take into consideration everyone's advice, you're not going to get there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think we're making two different points here, like two different sides of the spectrum on like not listening to what everyone else says. And it's not so like you're saying, like, don't listen to people who are hating on you. You're going to have to make, you know, decisions for yourself. And I'm saying, seek knowledge, seek expertise, mm-hmm. ask the people who are doing it, how they're doing it, pay attention to the greats and what they've done, but then take it and apply it and make it yours. And then also in both of those arenas, think outside of the box and trust that you know the way that trust that you know that you're going to do what you can control and the rest is going to happen exactly the way it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think, I, I think even separate from people who are hating, like even seeking knowledge from experts, you still have to figure out how it works for you. And they, if you want to tap into a level that no one's reached, like if you want to be the best of the best in what you're doing, you have to think differently 
than the way everyone else thinks. And you have to stop looking for the answers outside of yourself. And, and like you said too, you have to, um, I forget what I was going to say. <laughs> I literally had it and then I lost it. I like that though. Stop looking for answers outside of yourself. You got to really trust that, that inner voice majority yeah. of the time. That's, so that's, being huge. that's being bossy. You know, that yeah. that's, that's one of the definition of being bossy. Stop looking for answers outside of yourself. You are. All right, y'all. So the four things that could potentially be holding you back from becoming bossy could be number one, trying to control everything and anything. Number two, trying to do too much and add too much to your plate and be the jack of all trades. Number three, lacking consistency. And number four, listening to what everyone else says and trying to stick to a process versus trying to just do your own thing and be the boss that you can be. So nice. I do nice. We just really quick, the jack of all trades. Just define that for me, for you. Well, I think you can either be very, very good at one thing or you can be mediocre at 10 things. Hmm. And I think. I think you don't have to be the best at one thing. You have to get good at the things that involve that one thing. I'm saying like focus on one thing, but like you don't have to. So I, again, I'm just going to take what I know, becoming an instructor. Like you don't necessarily have to be the best dancer in the entire world to be the best instructor you can be. You obviously have to be working on your skills, but you do have to have a strength to connect with people. You do have to work on the strength to um, speak in front of people. You do have to work on the skill of endurance and being able to push yourself. So I think my, I just wanted to kind of cover that and say that it's not necessarily being the jack of all trades that's holding you back. It's that you're trying to pursue all your dreams at once instead of just focusing on that one area and the things that need, you need to get good at around that area. So I, I just wanted to like completely. That's what I, that's what I mean. Like if you're going to be a, a turnip instructor, that's, you know, that's an umbrella with a lot of things underneath it. So you better be focusing on how to be a great turnip instructor with all the things that go along with that. Instead of trying to be a turnip instructor, trying to create an apparel line, trying to do network marketing, trying to open a studio, trying to be in the best shape of your life, all of the things, focus on the area that you want to be the expert at and all of the things that encompass that. Yeah, for sure. All right. <laughs> okay, guys. Go out there and be a boss. Yeah, I slay. I'm a bad mom, that's what they say I'm about my money, yeah, I don't play I got that Benjamin button, I'm looking better every day, boy huh. Girl, we'll see your DNA, huh? I'm a boss and a savage huh. Girl, we'll see your DNA, huh? You know I'm far beyond average huh. Girl, we'll see your DNA